Welcome to the Geniuses of Copywriting Podcast, a peek into the minds and strategies of the world's greatest copywriters, marketers, and persuasion experts. And now, here's your host, Brian Casangina. I'm talking to Alexei Neocletus. I hope I've pronounced that right, mate. Um, He's uh, uh, one of the top copywriters in Australia. And um, uh, while um, even if you haven't heard of him, you've probably seen his work around the place because he's been around for a long time. Um, And he's one of the the guys that I study religiously when it it comes to studying copywriting, especially in Australia. So... um, I'll let uh, Alexi uh, tell you a bit more about himself. He can probably do a better job than me, but uh, um, just realise that it is a, uh, a very big honour to have this guy on the phone, to have him spend uh, the next uh, um, half an hour to an hour with us. And um, uh, so, yeah, we do thank you for your time, Alexi. So um, thanks for joining us on the call. Uh, and how are you today? Yeah, I'm, I'm very, very good. I'm looking forward to discussing uh, this sales letter because um, it's been just a little while since I wrote it and yeah. um, it's enormously successful. And now that I'm looking closer at it, uh, there was some, there's some cool stuff in this letter that really made it such a, a big winner. So I'm looking forward to talking about it. Yeah, yeah there's certainly uh, um, a lot of great elements in the sales letter and uh, as well as what you were um, talking about a little while ago, um, Surrounding the sales letter with the copywriting strategy um, to do with the, the guy's whole business. But uh, if you could tell the guys a bit about uh, about yourself and and um, maybe how you got into copywriting and how you uh, um, uh, say found this client or something and, and how you uh, got started on this project. Okay. Um, yeah. The quick background is I've been doing this for over a decade now. Uh, so I started sometime in my in my twenties and. Um, I guess uh, one of the hallmarks of my career, I suppose, is my first ever client was Renee Rivkin. And yeah. um, I won him as a client purely through guerrilla means. So meaning um, I wasn't referred by anybody. You know, I didn't get a word into him, you know, into his office. Yeah. And it was purely me sending him uh, a letter and sending him a lot of content around why his, his marketing at the time that it was just atrocious. Um, <laughs> But at the so, time, I, he was one of the big guys in in his industry. Yeah, he was. He was all over the place. Late night TV. He was, you know, he's, he, the Rifkin Report was. Um, it, was, it was, you know, if you're an investor, you, you either subscribe yeah. or you actually knew about it. So yeah. Um, and so, long story short, you know, I, I got sort of I dug my teeth in a bit and kept sending him information on how he can improve the marketing of the newsletter. And long story short, he. Uh, Said, listen, just stop sending me stuff. You know, come and meet with me and talk to me and my team. So uh, that's how I actually won the first, my first few big clients, just purely doing that. So I had, you know, no track record, no website, obviously, no nothing. And uh, I just found and still use it to this day to some degree that sharing phenomenal content and Mm. showing why things can be improved and how they can be improved is a sensational uh, proof element. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and uh, I think that's where a lot of people come unstuck. You know, they don't uh, um, they don't uh, do these sorts of things. They rely too much on on you know getting word of mouth and referrals from clients. Whereas uh, um, 
uh, you've obviously taken a lot more proactive approach than that and still do. Yeah, well, you know what's funny? Um, it, it's true. A lot of people have not heard of me, which is really entertaining for me because um, it, it's funny in the sense of those that, that have relatively good businesses know me without a doubt because yeah. most of them are clients, especially in the info marketing field in Australia and, and certainly abroad, uh, events, business events, money-making events, you know, it, it's quite funny because, you know, they all know me and we all know each other pretty well. Uh, but outside of that sort of little niche, uh, it's true a lot of people haven't heard of me and that's purely because I don't really do or haven't really traditionally done a lot of self-promotion in terms mm. of speaking gigs and you know, having a publicity campaigns built around our branding and I just haven't really done much of that. But any success we've attained, every, any reputation we've cultivated is purely as a direct result of our, our results we've gotten to clients. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Like take, for example, Brian, who's the subject of, of our call here, or at least the copy years. Mm. Um, he came referred by another client who I'd helped with. And, you know, one thing led to another. And, you know, this other client said, you know, knew Brian personally, knew him for a number of years, and simply said, look, if you want to sell out your, your coaching program, you know, just give Alexa your buzz and you'll take care yeah. of it. And that's how a lot of the business has evolved uh, over most of the time. And only this year, quite honestly, you know, I take a good, long, hard look at the business and thought, all right, we've got a good business, but it's very much centric around the self. How, how, why don't we just build this? Why don't we build the agency out? And for the first time ever, we've started developing lead generation campaigns, publicity campaigns. We're doing events, um, so I can remove myself the list to some degree and have a proper business here as well. So that's been that's been quite interesting. But that's another subject, though, obviously. So, <laughs> well. Uh, the reason I'm so excited to be able to um, uh, get you on the call like this is because um, you know serious copywriters and, and serious marketers should be studying stuff like this, um, and you know a lot of people who are listening to this or, or reading the transcripts will um, will know about you, especially the, the copywriting students. Um, but uh, um, one thing which I suppose is a topic for another call is the, is the lack of study that people do in their industry, especially in marketing. Um, but onto the uh, the letter that, that we're talking about today, um, and I uh, um, definitely thank you for letting um, me uh, uh, go over this one with you because um, what I've uh, focused on, and if you've been listening to these calls um, over the last few weeks as I've made them, uh, you know they mainly focus on what's working now, um, not uh, stuff that has worked uh, like uh, 10 years ago and is now uh, just thrown around in every uh, in every information pack that people get. Um, so this uh, um, is another example of, uh, of a very recent history that, that's worked um, and uh, there's a couple of interesting points in here. Um, so, if you can tell us a bit more about about the letter and uh, and uh, and how that went and uh, what went into you uh, creating a letter that worked as well as this one did. Yeah, I mean, it, it really was not a difficult job. Like when I when Brian first contacted me and he told me who he was, and then I checked out his website and, and saw his proof elements, his place in the industry. And then he told me the offer. It was a free offer sponsored by the pharmaceutical company. I went, yeah. oh my God, we've got, a, we've got a celebrity in the industry mm. revealing secrets that no one else in the industry knows but they dearly want to know. 
yeah. offering a free program, <laughs> I thought, my God, it doesn't get any easier than this for a copywriter. It was a dream situation. It was just a dream situation. And before we started the recording, you, you recall that I said to you that um, I wrote, literally wrote this copy on one day on a Saturday. I sat on my veranda mm. and you know, had a cigar in my mouth and whatever and I enjoyed some cigars. And it was a very, very pleasurable job, this one, because it was just such a low-hanging fruit type yeah. job. Uh, I spent, you know, all in all, what with editing and so forth, no more than a day on this. And it, wow. that's not because I'm great, it's because the client is great. And I was really able to articulate, um, you know, his, his celebrity status. But let's go through some that made this, this letter of winner. First and foremost, um, is the client is a celebrity in the industry, okay? Yeah. And you'll see, if you flip through this copy, you'll see that, you know, I make no, I don't hide that even for a split second. Um, you know, I use his name. Look, I mean, you look at the headline, I, you know, straight to it, I even mention his name, mm. which I rarely, rarely do in copy because you don't often get to have a celebrity in the industry that you get to write about. Yeah. Uh, in this case, he dropped this guy's name and fellow ophthalmologists, their ears literally prick up. It's, it's sort of like uh, for, in our fields, now, talking about a Clayton Mate piece or a Gary Bensavenga or a Gary Halbert, same type thing. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so there's the first thing that's the big takeaway on this letter. I, I utilised all the proof elements and the status symbols that I could possibly find about uh, Brian himself. Um, and because he's such a superstar marketer himself, you know, all I had to do, <laughs> I just had to go to his website. I didn't have yeah. to grill him. I didn't have to interview him in any depth. Uh, I didn't have to wade through a thousand pages of documentation to find stuff. Mm. It's literally sitting on his own website. Mm. So that's the first thing I did. And I positioned most of them in sidebars, you'll see. Yeah. Um, I could have had it doubled up in the body copy as well. Mm. So um, where I introduce his story and, and then and, and, you know, talk about his proof there. But I figured you know, he's, he's so prolific that I thought, let's keep the main body regarding the event because that's the new thing and then have the sidebars just constantly trumping his accomplishments. And I mean, I mean, this is this one, this is a classic. If you look at page three, 18 facts about Dr. Brian Boxer Wobbler, yeah. you know, I, <laughs> I'd love to take credit for some of this, but I'll be, I'll be honest, that's actually Brian's copy in that sidebar, mm. um, <laughs> which I was able to, you know, just bring across. And again, that reiterates when you, and this is for copywriters especially, when you get a potential client that has celebrity status, you know, do your best to win them as a client because I'd say it's going to make your job so much easier to make the copy sell. Um, more than anything else in copy, and even possibly more so than the quality of the content is the perception of the product or the perception, in this case, of the expert and how they're perceived by, by the market. So in other words, if they're perceived to be authority. someone... Essentially on authority, yeah. Mm. Uh, authority status may be, may be the most important trigger for getting massive responses. Now, that's up to some debate. It depends on who you're talking to and how you position and so forth. But having an authority figure is one of the big ones. It's not the, certainly top three. Um, so that's, that's the first thing. And... Um, yeah. The second thing is, let's say you're not talking about... Actually, I'll tell you a story quickly. Um, okay. I recently had a colleague 
Uh, I won't mention his name because we, they're still in negotiations with this thing, but it's someone who's very prolific in the, in, you know, in the advertising industry in Australia. And um, he emailed me just a few weeks ago and said, hey, I'm looking to get the rights to a certain product. Don't know if I should. What are your thoughts? So I, I had a look, quick, quick look at the product, and I, lo and behold, I discovered that Oprah has done a whole session on this particular product. Mm. Oprah did a whole session on her show. Yeah. And at that moment, I just stopped researching the product, and I said, listen, don't even, you know, it's not even, don't even hesitate. See if you can broker the Australian rights to this product, because she's been on Oprah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, for a month class, she has. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, if, no, if you book some there, yeah. it's instant hit. The thing, if Oprah hadn't done a piece on this product, it would have been a much more cumbersome process for me to ascertain whether or not to um, you know, try and secure the rights. I would have maybe had to purchase the product or get my hands on the product. I would have maybe had to go through the product. I would have maybe had to dig into the creator behind the product and find her proof elements, you know, what's her background and skill and track record. But, you know, mm. all that became background material relative to Oprah. Mm. Um, and so the, the big takeaway I want to impart here that is more important, that needs to be sort of covered before you get into the copy is the proof. Mm. You know, that's where you really want to start. And really, if you're, if you're a copywriter again, you want to try and only work on projects where there's massive amounts of proof. And when I say proof, I'm not just talking about testimonials. I'm talking about if you can get the, the Oprah factor happening, awesome. Yeah. Uh, if you can get someone like a Brian, you know, like, a, like the doc in this letter, uh, the doctor in this letter, then you're laughing. Um, mm. So, you know, as copywriters, sometimes, you know, we have to accept what we accept. But if you, if you start to get, you know, start to cultivate a good, list of clients, if you can start to get a bit of celebrity status in your own industry, then you can start to cherry pick your clients and you, know, you can start to get clients like Brian. So. Mm. Um, yeah. That's the first thing. That's the, that's the big takeaway I wanted to, to talk about with this letter, um, how I, you know, throughout the entire letter, from beginning to end, quite literally, you know, I, I trumpet his accomplishments. Uh, mm. That's the first thing. Yeah. The second thing is, uh, in regards to this thing about ICL procedures, now, yeah. what's really cool is ophthalmologists normally have to go into some other person's, another, another surgery outside of their own to perform this, this particular procedure. Yeah. Uh, it's costly for them. Uh, but Brian had worked out a way to do the procedure inside his own surgery, which meant his margins were bigger, and he was able to do more of them because he didn't have to travel. So it was quite literally a proprietary little discovery that he made that for the first time ever uh, he was going to reveal. And, you know, ophthalmologists, they make some money, man. Like, they make a lot of money when they're successful, right? Yeah. And this information that Brian was willing to share really was worth... Now, I say in the open that it's a $10,000 training program, and that is on one level true, but really on another level, it's worth far, far more. Yeah because he really, really walked them through the steps that he took and takes to do this many procedures in a clinic. And which means any ophthalmologist that did these series of calls or webinars and then applied it in their existing business would get much more than... My God, I think each of these procedures was three or four grand or something. So, mm. you know, <laughs> imagine... It so long to pay it back. Yeah. Well, especially if you're going to set up surgery, it's just a matter of plugging it yeah. in there. 
Uh, then you're in profit. So that's the other thing. Um, I, this topic was very uh, this this appeal ICL procedures in the, in, the, in, the, in his own surgery was very topical. Uh, it was a big problem that ophthalmologists were were encountering at that time, and also again a very low hanging fruit uh, because these procedures didn't really don't really take ophthalmologists that much time to do. So they're like like jam, like just just a big margin, good profit easy to do type procedures that they yeah. love to do. And so, and for the first time ever, Brian's releasing information on how he does it. And, you know, and because it was underwritten, because the cost of the event was underwritten by a farm company, it meant we could offer it for free. So, I mean, you look at this, we've got a celebrity offering a big problem or a topical problem that ophthalmologists really wanted to, really wanted a solution on that he's showing how to do first time ever, never shown before, and he's offering to show you for free. Wow. You know, how can you go wrong, right? It's a no-brainer. <laughs> and again, these are the sort of promotions, if, you want, if you're a copywriter, you want to be a part of, but these are the sort of promotions or the sort of businesses you want to be a part of. Hmm. So, for example, picture this. Now, this is just an idea. Don't know if it's workable or not. Imagine approaching... Uh, Brian and saying, can we secure the Australian rights to this and go to market in Australia or go to market in the UK or go to the market anywhere else that's non-competitive? Mm. Now, when you secure rights, the sort of licensing rights you want to acquire, these are the sort of rights you want to get or the sort of businesses you want to get set up in and sell products, if not a, if not a, a webinar, maybe it's just an info product, yeah. These are the sort of info products you want to get the rights to because they're almost guaranteed winners, almost mm -hmm. guaranteed. Um, earlier we talked about Oprah. Again, yeah. same thing. Those are the sort of products you want to secure the rights to where Oprah is endorsed uh, because mm -hmm. no, is immense. Um, so I know I'm going off a bit off tangents, but there's a lot of background stuff. Okay. It just, it's, it, I, I like to take credit for everything, but I've got to give credit where credit's due and <laughs> You know, and, and, and it falls in line with a lot of important you know, other stuff that people listening to this uh, and really need to know, and that's you know, how to select products, you know, how, to, how to decide upon an appeal in your headline, which is you know, something I've already discussed already regarding ICL procedures and so forth. Um, you know, I just, I've, I've talked so far about you know, offering something new to market that's never been offered before. Mm. I mean, this really was a campaign that had all the bits and pieces pulled together. Um, you know, the only thing I guess was missing, you know, was is Brian being on Oprah's show. I guess, hey, mm, yeah. <laughs> that would be handy. <laughs> but I mean, he's been on, you know, NBC, CBS, ABC, yeah. and he's done it all. So you know. Mm. But let's move into some specific areas For to sure. do this copy. Okay, so if you look at page four, you'll see I start with listing the webinars. Yeah. Okay. So. Each of these webinars was specifically designed around problems that ophthalmologists experience in the marketing of their practice. Okay? Hmm. None of this is by luck. It was all designed in a way so that, you know, they look at a webinar number one and they go, oh my God, I had to get a flood of trouble. You know, patients calling me for this procedure. Beautiful. That's one problem solved. Yeah. You, know, you look at webinar number two, internal marketing secrets to win back your inactives. 
great, mm. another problem. Uh, and you'll see page five, there's some yellow highlight. You know, a problem that ophthalmologists have is show rates. You know, you know those making their bookings are not showing up. Yeah. Well, Brian has a procedure so that he has a virtually zero no-show rate. Wow. Uh, you know, <laughs> he's got it all, you know. Yeah. Uh, webinar number three, you know, how he does the ICLs in his own office. Um, you know, and the list goes on for each of these webinars. So the lesson you hear again is we've tailored the content around what the market really wants to know the most and we've tailored around their biggest desires and their biggest issues and their biggest problems. Hmm. This is as compared to you know, deciding sort of early, uh, we're going to do a, a, a campaign on this product or we're going to do a coaching program on this subject. And we're going to try and force fit it to the market. Yeah. That's the wrong way to do these things. It's just that's, mm. that's not a, you know, I like to work on short winners quite literally. And yeah. the, way, you know, the way you work on short winners is by starting from the market first, really understanding your market and the reverse engineering. Now, again, Brian is a celebrity in the industry. Like he goes to ophthalmology conferences and literally gets bombarded, you know, colleagues see his tag and, you know, start picking his brain. And yeah. so what that means is, you know, he's uniquely positioned to understand the pains and ills of his peers. He, he falls into the market. He is the market. But more than that, he gets other ophthalmologists come to him with their problems. And so when he's designing this, this series of webinars, this coaching course, I mean, we're able to very clearly tailor the content specifically around these issues. Yeah. Okay, so that there's something else I want you to notice. Um, now, we can talk about something else which is interesting. Yeah. Um, a lot of professional services providers think that you can't have emotional copy, that you can't have copy that speaks of sizzling benefits yeah. and has strong claims. And It's an absolute load of crap. It, it really is a load of crap. Uh, and, you know, up to a point, though. I mean, I'll give you an example. Um, you do want to uh, refine your tone so it's in line with a certain image, yeah. with a certain brand or a certain position. That's true. But only up to a point and never at the expense of arousing emotions, of hitting hot buttons no. and a built desire. Yeah. And so if you look at this copy, I mean, you know, this is, it's pretty hard hitting. It's, um, you know, I don't, I don't really pull any punches in this. It wouldn't um, be like anything else in the market, though, in that yeah, market. Yeah, it's not, it's, you couldn't call it diluted copy, could you? No, not at all. And look, we got away with it because his proof is so sensational. Um, you know, if he wasn't who he was, then a lot of these claims would sound baseless. Mm. Um, but because he is who he is, you can make these really hard-hitting, accurate claims. You can really hit those hot buttons. And because he already has this inherent credibility to the market, you can get this across and, you know, you get your market reacting in the way you want them to. Hmm. You know, it's, it's, it's a really important point to get across that, you know, even professional services react to hard-hitting copy. Uh, and it's important to mention again, you, you don't write... <sighs> one sec, I just dropped the mouse. One moment. Um, you don't write hard-hitting copy just for the sake of writing hard-hitting copy. Because that turns into... Turns into hype, hype. Yeah. yeah, it turns into hype very quickly if you don't have the track record and the proof and the evidence to back it up. Yeah, okay? Exactly. 
But let's say for the moment, let's say for the moment uh, that Brian wasn't, isn't who he is uh, and just an up-and-comer. Someone who is genuinely doing some cool things in his office, in his clinic, but doesn't have the celebrity status. Mm. How do you therefore get the strong claims and the strong copy across um, without sounding hypey? Well, yeah, good question. here's the answer. You open up with content. You open up with absolutely sensational content. So what happens is your claim in your headline yeah. is, a, is a strong claim, whatever it may be, but the claim only speaks to the content that you open up with. Okay, so, okay. Um, so let's change gears for the moment. Let's say we do, we're doing a video. And, yeah. um, you know, we do pre, when we do launches, during, usually our pre-launch is really loaded with content. Um, yeah. So what we do is we make a claim. Um, how to, let's say, say for argument's sake, how to double the open rates of all your email blasts. Yeah. Well, they click on a link, your you, you subscribers click on a link, they go back to a video and you open up with content. If the content fulfills my promise, within two minutes, you are a superstar. Mm. Now, the media does not matter, whether it's in print or in video or audio or whatever. The, the takeaway, the principle is this. You make your claim, you immediately back it up with proof. Mm. And what, the best proof relative, you know, in line with, along with authority and so forth, is content, is demonstration proof. Mm. And so if Brian, if Brian was not a superstar, just some superstar that is, you know, keeping things to himself and is not prolific, and yeah. we want to position as knowing information that no one else knows, then... We have the claim in, in the headline. Let's say it's, um, I don't know, let's say we use the insider secret that lets this little-known ophthalmologist perform up to 18 ICL procedures per month in his own office surgery, then you've really got to move into showing how that's done in the open of the copy. Mm. And then once you've proven that claim and you've planted the seed, then you integrate a bridge to your next big claim. And then you have a bridge sequence to each of your claims so that You've established the groundwork, you've made the claim, you've shown the proof, you've delivered on your promise. That means that the next claim you make is going to be believed. You have a very narrow window of opportunity to, because you set things up in the right way to set the tone for the rest of your piece, to come out with your big, bold promise. And then you lead into the rest of your copy different ways to do the rest of the copy. You can add more content in there and so forth, depending on the situation, but I'm not going to go into that now. But the, again, the takeaway is, if, if Brian wasn't a celebrity, how would you do it? You, you'd make your crazy claim in the headline, then you'd back it up with demonstration proof. And that's really important, because a lot of the stuff you see online, especially, especially in the internet marketing niche, you know, you've seen these ridiculous claims. And, yeah, you know, yeah. Yeah, who's not? I mean, even, even screenshots. You know, five years ago, screenshots of income. That was a good proof element. That was, it was really quite powerful because the guys that were showing that stuff and doing that stuff were actually producing the results. But now you're getting, you know, people in the IM niche as an example who are just faking screenshots. Yeah, and, I've seen that myself, yeah. And which means, you know, like testimonials to a degree, they're, they're not as powerful. That's the, you know, it's you like, need, all right. You need to do more. There needs to be more. And one of those ways to do more, and now in the IM niche as well, is great content. Uh, you establish, you, you, you lay the groundwork with great content, you can start to build in better claims. 
Okay, so. But back to Brian Bletter. Yeah. Um, what else can I... I mean, yeah, look, I've spoken about the specifics about the hard-hitting copy itself. I've spoken yeah. that, you know, you can get away with that in this market because, you know, he's got celebrity status. Yeah. But really, outside of what I've spoken about here, the rest of, most of this copy really is, you know, quite honestly, standard copy for a good copywriter. Mm. Um, you know, I, I didn't really pull off any magic here. I, I know you want me to say that I pulled off some magical... <laughs> I, I need to be honest here. I didn't, you know, and, and this is the truth. A lot of the great, a lot of the great campaigns that you see that make a lot of money have all these pieces in place that I've been speaking about on this call. And mm -hmm. our job as copywriters are to really build up the emotions, uh, yeah. to build up the problems, and then segue into it's okay, it's okay, buddy. I've got you covered. I've got a solution for you. Um, but if, you, if you're working on a campaign, whether it's your product or you're writing you know, about that product, you know, if it's got all these pieces in there, your job gets, you know, it gets much, much easier. Yeah, um, it certainly does. Yeah. What I call it is uh, copywriting strategy. And um, as you say, if these all other elements are all in place, it makes the job a lot easier. Um, I just, got, just thought of an example. Only today I was contacted by... Uh, someone who wants to launch a product on Clickbank, and uh, you know they've uh, um, had a, uh, a special offer on the Warrior Forum for a while, uh, so um, they've made a few sales off that. But um, but uh, uh, they don't have any real proof, and they don't have any um, uh, uh, I think demonstration wise, uh, as you've been talking about. Uh, uh, um, if I was to take on the job, I'd need to um, really make a case for, for that demonstration proof because they don't have any testimonials and they have only had a basic sales set on the Warrior Forum. So, um, and they, they're not a known name either, so they don't have any uh, celebrity factor. Um, they don't no. have any authority. So, um, you know, it makes it, makes it a lot harder to, um, for me to find time for that particular project. Yeah, look, it, it, look, it, it does make it a lot tougher. Um, it, it, I'm actually in just I've just uh, accepted a new client in the real estate investing uh, niche. They don't, they're not educators; they actually uh, sell real estate and, and, and so forth. Yeah. And um, we've got a, they're selling well. Ironically, they're selling quite well now. Mm. Um, but the problem is they don't they haven't really earned the right with their list. They haven't really con connected with their list on an emotional level. They don't really have a strong relationship with the list. And so we're going to launch this new series of developments. And what we're planning to do, in fact, tomorrow is go in with a film crew and film the team behind the analysis of the properties, film the team behind the endorsements of the properties, and get them to open up a bit and get them to connect on a human level but also reveal their stories. Because we're lucky in a sense that the team are successful investors and they've done stuff in real estate as well, but they just never communicated any of that stuff. So mm. before we even start to do big time campaigns for, to sell their developments and everything else, we have to first earn the rights. And we're doing that in this case by you know, going into the office and then taking the film crew with us and, and, and you know, on a whole series of videos. Um, That's a good idea. I'm going to have to swipe that idea if you don't mind. Uh, next nah, time I'm in a similar situation. 
Yeah, I mean, and, and it's tough. It's tough because if you, as a copywriter, if a client, a prospective client comes to you and says, you know, I want to, I've got this product and I want you to help me on it, and they don't have any of these bits that we talk about, that we've talked about in this call, you know, you've really got to decide whether or not it's worth the effort because what happens is if you say yes and the campaign doesn't work, you've got a whole new problem on your hands. Yeah. Whole new problem. And, and, and speaking to, you know, just to talk about what we discussed in the beginning of this call, you know, it's, it's true a lot of people uh, haven't maybe heard of, of me or our company, but those that know do know. And yeah. part of that reason is I've had a philosophy since day one that if you get me to write the copy for you, the, the copy's going to produce. And if it doesn't, that's actually my problem, not yours. Hmm. And that's forced me from to be as selective as I humanly, as I possibly can in accepting new jobs and to have, to start to cultivate the discipline uh, and say to prospective clients, you know, when they don't have all the bits that I need to make it work, to say, listen, I'll be honest, I think you're a bit too early in calling me. You really need these other things first because, you know, yeah. I stand by the copy I produce. And, if it, you know, if I accept this and this doesn't work, then it's really on me to fix it. And mm -hmm. I don't think you're fixable just yet. I don't think this opportunity mm -hmm. is good enough yet. Um, and, and you know what's, what's really cool? Um, this is just one of those universal, quite universal things that are really cool in the world. Yeah. And it's simply this. Um, those campaigns that work really well, that make lots of money, that lots of people buy, just so happens to be the campaigns that have all the bits in place. So they have the great content. They have the celebrity proof. They have it all already in place. Um, so like Google AdWords, we all know Google is a complete nightmare, right, yeah. to work with nowadays. And but if you understand their intent, it gets a lot easier to work with them. They just want quality. They want to see really good, reputable products online. So if you're going to, you know, if you're going to advertise your product via AdWords, Google wants to know that you're not a run-of-the-mill run of type, you know, fly-by-night operation. Hmm. Now, I'll tell you a quick story. Uh, I've got a client that sells a skin cancer cream that is actually uh, TGA approved, Therapeutic Goods Association approved. Yeah. The only one of its kind in Australia. Uh, yeah. The inventor behind the formulation is the world's preeminent expert on this one subject. And we, um, we set up the campaign for AdWords and we set up the landing page and so forth. And we're getting nice opt-ins and everything. It was all coming along beautifully, which wasn't a surprise to me because the proof was in place. Yeah. And then Google suspended the account. And they hmm. said, can't use the word QR and we're worried about the word cancer and all this sort of stuff. Yeah. Now, here's the thing. We actually have TGA approval to use those claims. But Google did not know that. And so our, my AdWords expert, when I told him, listen, Ian, that's his name, I said, Ian, we've actually got TJ approval for this stuff. They've approved these claims. And he said, my God, I did not know that. Get the documentation together so I can send it to Google. Hmm. And that goes to show that when you have the, the right to make these claims, you know, your product sells and the companies that support you start to support you. You know, you get problems with companies like Google. Or if you go to off, advertise offline, the, the newspapers and the magazines accept your ad. So when you hold yourself to a higher standard, when you produce products that are genuinely great and that you, you know, you're getting endorsements from Center of Influencers and so on and so forth, everything easier. So those of you that are listening to this call, whether you're a copywriter or have your own product, you really endeavor to get this stuff together 
You know, if you don't have a publicity campaign, if you can afford it, hire a publicist. Get some media mentions. Now, there's a lot of good resources out there that make it much more affordable for average everyday business people to access journalists. Well, you, you know, if you spend a bit of time to learn publicity, you don't have to spend thousands of dollars a month on a publicist. You can learn it. Now, you know, publicity mentions are a great proof element. You know, yeah. they're, they're phenomenal. So that all helps your case in selling your products. Uh, you know, if you're in the health field, they get your scientific research behind your product. And if you don't have it, you know, why don't you? Well, what do you expect? Why should people buy your products? Yeah. Lay the groundwork to have a great product but also have the, the support behind it so that you can make these claims and they're believable. Because I mean, a, a, a big illusion is we've got a product, let's just get a copywriter to write the, the copy and you know, he'll make all the claims for us. And you know, then you get, like we spoke about before, hype, which doesn't help anybody. It, it just doesn't help anybody, the copywriter or the customer or you as the product owner. It just doesn't, doesn't help anybody. So, yeah, so I know I've gone off on a bit of a tangent, but... Um, no, no, it's okay. It's all important and... Uh, yeah. It's uh, quite relevant as well. You know, you've got to have all, all these things in place. Yeah, I mean, look, in regards to the copy, I guess the big thing is yeah, one of the another reason why it was so successful is it really hit the nail on the head. It really hit problems and desires in an, in, in, and crafted in an emotional way that yeah. really made ophthalmologists, you know, want to buy. And you know, yeah, that's, that's why. That's yeah. Yeah, that's why this call is uh, very important to me because it shows that uh, um, uh, while it's obviously uh, um, a top shelf sales letter, the, the real power behind the campaign is, is you know, uh, what we've been discussing today, that everything that, that surrounds a sales letter. So, um, which is why, you know, I um, and and you're the same as, as I think you're alluding to before, where someone comes to you, you're not just a, um, a guy who's going to churn out a sales letter um, uh, on request uh, because that's the job. You know, it's got to be um, the right products, the right uh, the right customer, the right client, and uh, the strategy around it has uh, has got to be in place, or it's uh, you know the best sales letter in the world is going to struggle. Yeah, yeah, and and it's not a matter of the more you tell, the more you sell. That's true mm. in a different context, but. It's not a matter of, well, if you have an average product with average proof elements targeting a market that's not really hungry for what we've got, it's not a matter of just get a copywriter to do a 40-page sales letter and I'll buy it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just, just get John Carlton to write a 40-page sales letter. We'll, we'll pay him 25 grand and I'm sure that we'll make 100 grand. Exactly. It doesn't matter who you get to write the copy. You, you're gonna, you, you will struggle. Uh, you will struggle, and there's no, no doubt in my mind. Uh, you're much better off being selective to start with and you know, only riding the best horses, so to speak, mm. or the fastest horses, so to speak. And, and that, that is a whole separate discussion again, um, but you know, it, it's, it's a big subject and it takes a lot of discipline because it's tempting to just want to slap something together and just get it online or get it in print or you know, open up doors if you retail, but time spent picking the right horse i.e. the right product or the business, is time well spent. Exactly right. Um, I think that's uh, covered all the, the questions I had. Well, for one, um, I was going to ask you about the, uh, the ILS procedures and the different uh, uh, languaging there because 
it was probably the first thing I noticed about the letter is how you used to all the uh, the languaging that uh, the op ophthalmologists use, and uh, that's another way to connect with uh, with the uh, reading audience. I mean, as we discussed, it's not the most important uh, part of this campaign. But as far as the sales letter goes, I noticed that you really spoke in their language. So, um, uh, you know, because what I what I see is a lot of sales letters. You know, the this kind of um, uh, talking that hypey sort of way that most uh, generic iron products, uh, um, their sales letters are written by uh, by uh, um, out copywriters. I don't want to um, badmouth anyone, but uh, but you know um, the way that you've uh, constructed the languaging of this sales letter is, is also important. Where you've used the uh, the terms that they use and. Uh, something that I noticed is I didn't understand half of it, um, but uh, what I knew was that uh, the, the market, the target market, would. Yeah, I mean, that I had to do some research on ICO and LASIK and, mm. and so forth um, mm. when I got this trouble because I knew nothing about the subject before because yeah. I, I don't wear glasses, I have no eye problems, nothing at all. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I had to do background research online for a bit just to just understand because he yeah. actually. You speak to Brian on the phone, and he can rattle off these fifteen-letter words, medical words. <laughs> and, okay, hang on, stop. What did you just say? What? What? I, you know what, what? And so, you know, I, I did very, very um, uh, obsessively jump into you know Wikipedia or wherever I went mm. to just at least get the overview of what the term meant. Um, yeah. Yeah. But you're right. That's, yeah, that's it. I mean. Uh, um, uh, because that, that's the other part you were talking about before as well, where it's important to get these kind of clients for the ones that uh, are experts and they have authority, but they also understand marketing and uh, and they uh, they know what's required, because um, uh, they can they can uh, bamboozle you with these uh, um, big uh, technical words, and and uh, you know if they were writing the sales letter, they'd probably have all those big words in there. And um, it may not be uh, um, appropriate for the market, so uh, it's so important to get clients like like Brian. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. <laughs> Makes it much easier. Yeah. All right. Um, so I guess uh, um, uh, uh, I just left with one thing. Uh, if people want to find out more about you, Alexi, uh, um, how do they go about doing that? What's the best way? Yeah, best place, we've got like 100 websites, but the main one, I guess, is marketingbump.com. And that's uh, as in bumping into someone, marketingbump.com. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, there's a whole bunch of information on there. There's you know, videos, there's reports, and so on and so forth. So even if you're not interested in, in you know, consulting services, there's a lot of content on there. Um, that you can download and just get access to and a lot of the content that I stuck on there genuinely is superb content. <laughs> I, yeah. I practice what I preach thankfully. Um, there's nothing worse than downloading a free report and it's eight pages of nothing. Uh, what a, you, know, you, you don't get the time back, right? And that's the biggest frustration yeah. of all. So yeah. I figured yeah. off the content, uh, it's got to be something that someone would be happy, normally happy to pay for. So. Uh, yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. Um, having having looked at the site, I'll definitely be recommending that uh, people 
uh, pay a visit and and uh, and uh, take advantage of of whatever you've got going there at the time, uh, because um, uh, especially if they haven't uh, heard of you, that, that just means that it's about time that they uh, they started learning more about you. So um, on that note, I'd like to thank you very much for your time. Um, I know I say this uh, every call over the last few weeks, but uh, it's probably the best one yet. I guess they keep getting better as I go along with the experts that I'm interviewing. But um, uh, uh, I do appreciate um, you spending the time with us, and I hope uh, everyone realises that uh, a call like this has got more content in it than most copywriting courses um, that that are out there that are for sale. So. Uh, we do appreciate it, Percy, so thanks very much for your time. You're welcome. All right, and so I'll catch up with you very soon. Great stuff. Thanks Thank a lot. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Geniuses of Copywriting with Brian Casagina. To get the full transcript and all the resources mentioned on today's show, go to www.geniusesofcopywriting.com now.